Susie Meister. Welcome to Brain Candy Podcast, episode 590. I'm Susie, here with Sarah. Who, I was going to say, I'm hungry, so I'm eating pizza. She's having pizza. I can't, it's sitting right in front of me and I can't stop eating it. Oh Oh my God, it never gets old, does it? Nope, never. (sighs) I Um, love it. I'm not, like, I don't think I can prepare for episode 600, like I... I feel like we have to ignore it almost. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Another hundred in the can? Oh, no big deal. Just another day at the... (laughs) Right? Because, like, there's just too many hundreds at this point. Right. Law and order... We've passed. We're like, law and order in the dust. So maybe I'll ignore it until episode 1,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like... Yeah, it's kind of like anniversaries after a while. You're like, yeah. we can't be celebrating this every year. You've got to do like the, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 20, you know, 500, 1,000. Yeah, because I don't want to burn out on celebrations. Yeah, because we're not going to do like, oh, because where's the line? You know how we love that game. You're not going to be like, <laughs> happy 1,300th episode. Yeah, come on. That's silly. Yeah. But 1,000 episode and 2,000. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like once you hit 30, then you can only celebrate the decades. You can't, like, yeah. you can't be one of those people that's like, no, oh, no. I'm going to be old. 42. Yeah, who cares? You're who not cares? dead. That's all that matters. Right. Okay. We're still um, on the air. Anyway, okay. we're back. So, you know, Sarah inspired me to yes. go, for a, go for a ski. Um, here are my observations. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Tell me everything. This is so exciting. Okay, well, it was really fun to be a beginner at something at this late stage in my life. Yeah. You know, to have a, another first. Yeah. That's kind of cool because I had never skied before ever in my life. Well, that's a fun thing to say. Right. You, openness, rating high on openness. Yeah, it felt like that. And like, um, if we've talked on this show before, you know, my fear of being buried alive, which <gasps> relates to snow because, you know, avalanches. For sure. That's like <laughs> an actual thing that, that right. happens. Right. So, you know, it felt like, okay. I'm, and I've always been scared of like the broken leg problem. Like people seem to really get injured a lot on those slopes. Well, yeah. Cause we, one leg goes one way, one leg goes the other. It's like ACL, yeah. MCL. All the L's. ATL. anyway so that was cool um and so the first day we went out we got a lesson like a group lesson with the whole family and our friends that came and um it was a sheet of ice okay like it wasn't good conditions but I don't have any frame of reference so I said to our to our um what are they instructor yeah I said Arthur one to ten, what? How bad is this current condition for um, like a new person? And he was like, um, "Oh, I've that's had, zero. <laughs> I've had worse, but not many." So, <gasps> ooh, yeah. So I knew it was going to be rough, and it was. But then I thought, <sighs> then every other time will feel a little bit better. Because this is true. This is a good. This is a good way to yeah. look at it. There what were, was the. What was the worst part? Was it just the how it felt underneath you, or was it an additional la- like layer of cold that? No, it was just icy. It wasn't even that cold. It was like thirty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but okay. here's one story I thought that you would appreciate. <laughs> so, like when, especially when you're a beginner, there are times when you're going down, you can pizza the hell out of it, and <laughs> like too bad you're going. And, you know, you pick up speed and you just think, well, I'm along for this ride and I'm not, you know, in the driver's seat. And at one point I was like racing down on accident, pizzaing with no stopping. Pizza. Yeah. And I pass Adam and I go, I'm out of control. And he goes later, like, I love how even when you're out of control, you were totally in control verbally. And yeah. I was like, this is why people never believe me when I say, like, I'm not okay. Yeah, because you're like, I'm I seem control, like, calmly. <laughs> yeah, yes. seem like I'm okay. I would have been okay. like, hey, look at her go. <laughs> but anyway, we had a great time. It was so great. what happened? Oh, I mean, I crashed, but... It, <gasps> oh, you know, what, what was that like? Well, don't you ever? 
Yeah, but I feel like it's different on skis and snowboards. Mm. Like, there's an expectation of falling. Like, you're going to fall oh, yeah. a lot when you're snowboarding. Well, because we had that asked is them. how it goes. But skiing is not a one you fall a lot. Yeah. So it hurts more. It's like more, ah. more violent. Well, and did the skis come off? Yeah, yeah. Oh, at a, at a certain... see, that's so dramatic to me. Really? Yeah, that's terrifying. Oh, okay. Like, the skis just flying off. <laughs> well, in the beginning, we were debating, should we do snowboarding or skiing? And I really appreciated this insight. The guy goes, oh. "Would you just have to decide, would you rather fall now or later? Because with snowboarding, you fall a lot in the beginning. Yeah. But then you kind of get the hang of it and you're okay. Yeah. But skiing, you you can pick up the basics pretty quick. But then if yeah. you try to get better, you're going to fall more. Yes. So I, I like heard, that advice. Yeah. I heard uh, uh, on the ski lift... Somebody said it is snowboarding is harder to learn, easier to master. Yeah. And skiing is easier to, to learn, learn, harder that's to master. That's what he said. That's essentially so it. That's so that's like a thing now. Fall, I guess. fall now or later. And we yeah. picked later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's smart. Smart. Delay the fall. Yeah. But yeah. it was great. We had a nice time. And, and I, some like nice it. knee braces, and you'll be fine. No falling. You'll be just fine. Yeah, and I kept thinking of you. And th- well, where are you sore? I'm not sore. Ha! <gasps> no you just soreness. went out there and did that, and you're just like not sore at all anywhere. No, no. Your I legs aren't luck. sore, ladies no. and gentlemen. Susie. Well, it's total probably fit like human. it probably means I did it wrong or something. No, but... no. The opposite. No. Well, when hey, you're doing it right, you, sh- you aren't sore. Okay, great. When well, you're doing it wrong, because you're working with gravity and working with physics when you're not, so, you're not doing, you're letting yeah, the right. skis do the work. Okay. What was the hardest part for you? Well, just making sure Lincoln was okay. If oh, I were gosh, out on my own, insane. that would have been one thing, but yeah, cause you know, and I'm thinking, is he out of control? I, I don't know anything, so I can't. I can only do so much I'm to help him. I'm out of control. <laughs> Bye. I'm out of control, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was fine. We had a good time. I kept thinking of you. I don't love how it's mostly white people. I don't love how it's mostly rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading, funnily enough, today in the New York Times, there's an article, uh, probably in conjunction with the Olympics. Yes, yes, That yes, said, yes. the title was just, who can... Who can ski or something like that? Like, yeah, how it's not inclusive anymore. Not at all. That it used to be more affordable, and the slopes were more available to people, and now it's gotten worse. So that's not great. I hope they work on that. Yeah, I mean, even just the food in the towns around, like where in just resort. I mean, everything's just expensive. expensive. Yeah, oh, I don't love God, it. God, it's insane. But then you think. Okay, I, when the trucks have to go on the roads that they got to go in, I mean, my car got stuck. Yeah. Three times. Yeah, there's and a so lot of like, obstacles. Okay, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of things getting in the way. Yeah, but, but fun to try for sure. Yeah, but it definitely is, feels like that. Yeah, it's not kind inclusive. Kind of crunchy. No, yeah. not at all. I want more diversity on the slopes. Yeah. Okay, first up. I want to say, oh, okay, before I start my articles, I will give you an update. Remember how we talked about um, Everly Well and how I was going to take the food yes, sensitivity yes, test? Yes, Results Ooh. are in. Results oh are God, in. Oh, tell me. Unbeknownst to me, I have a food sensitivity to pineapple. Suze. <laughs> We've Isn't definitely so eaten fun? pineapple together. I've totally. seen, and you get an itchy mouth, huh? I never did. I, I feel I, like well, we've talked about this. I Okay, that's true. I did say that sometimes it does feel almost like... Um, Fuzzy. Yeah, like painful. But I thought that happened to everybody because it also happens to my family members. Maybe they have it too. Of course. I really did think it was just like a thing. Wow, that is really cool. How does this change your life? But I, ne- I never got like swollen lips or something, mm-hmm. which would be called an allergy. Right. This is a sensitivity which can actually take days to, re- like, manifest because yes. maybe it's like from the inside out kind of yes. thing. Yes, 
Yeah, so that was revelatory. I loved finding that out. Everly, well, you can take the food sensitivity test, and it'll test for all kinds of foods. Uh, I got to know. Yeah, that's why you have to. I have to. Because, I mean, I bet you there's things you don't even realize. Guaranteed. And it's just sort of good to know. It's an at-home lab test. Just to tell you how you do it, you um, prick your finger, and then you put the sample on the little card and send it back. And then within a few days, I got my results, and I was just delighted by it. And they have other tests like metabolism and sleep and stress and thyroid. And I think a lot of people have questions about those things. So I highly recommend it. It was so fun to learn. I just, I love that. Anyway, for our listeners... Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash brain candy. That's everlywell.com slash brain candy for 20% off your at-home lab test, everlywell.com slash brain candy. I'm going to have Adam, actually, I have the box right here. I'm going to have Adam take it and see what he's allergic to or sensitive to or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, anywho. It says um, criticism and Mean things. What are you sensitive to? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. That is so true. I wish it did say that. Okay. So there was a say. great article in the Atlantic recently about baby names. <gasps> we love these. I do. I know. I was I gonna say love to you. It. Because it's the only really thing what did it. you tell me? It was like the only thing that you that you can give somebody that doesn't have a dollar amount but is linked to it says some like there's a value in it in a way, right? But there's no dollar amount tied to it. Isn't it and, a weird thing yeah, too? How like your mom and dad got to pick what you're called forever? It's I don't know bonky. how I feel about it. It's so weird. It's essentially like naming a dog. <laughs> and how like here's this thing I own. I'm gonna name it this. I think back in the day. There was far less, you know, of discussion. Course. We romanticized everything. About, they were just like, John, Jonathan, <laughs> Johnny. Thomas, my, <laughs> John, it was like the same name. I know I've said this before, but Peg Meister, my mom, she claims that she didn't know that you were allowed to name your child a nickname. So she only named me Susan... Like, because she wanted me to be called Susie and didn't think you were, quote, allowed to name your baby a nickname I Susie. Could, I could see that she, I could, I, I mean, I, I, it, I recognize it's a crazy thought, but I could see how your mom could, I could see that. I know. I was like, Peg, who would have enforced that? Like, right. who the are the baby name police? <laughs> right. At any rate, the That's Atlantic funny. article was really f- interesting because it was, Analyzing this move towards unique baby names, which we've all observed, Mm -hmm. not just with celebrities, but with the public at large, and how I love an article that tells you something you already know, which is that people want more unique baby names, but then provides this really fascinating context that makes you see it in a new way. Yeah. So tell me. It was talking about how up until about World War II... It was what we said, where it's like you name your kid after their dad or, you know, a biblical name or a family name. And almost everybody was within the top 10 names. It was like a huge percentage of people were like Mary and whatever. And then that was a period of time, World War II, where it was like everyone's in it together, collectivism. Makes sense. But the further away we got from that and the further move we made as a culture towards individualism, the more the baby name became, you know, a a reflection of that. Absolutely. And so one thing that they mentioned that I hadn't thought of was what also happened during that time was that we became a more casual culture and we stopped referring to people by their last names. So it wasn't like Mr. and Mrs. It was more a first name thing. And so then they became more important. Yeah. Cause you got to have a few, cause they're like, oh, Thomas, wh- wh- which Thomas? Mm-hmm. And there so are too many Thomas Smiths. You the need... more casual we became, okay. the more focused we were on first names. And so the more we wanted oh. them to be notable. Unique. Yeah. 
And um, in the 70s, the data started becoming available to people about what other people were named. And so people became more aware of, like, what their neighbors were doing and their community was doing. And then in the 90s, the Social Security Administration started releasing that data. You know how every year you see, yeah. like, top baby names or whatever. Yes. And so we, as That totally people, affects ch- names and how people see them and what they pick. Yeah. And we wanted to... We started seeing baby names as, like, the same way we'd, we'd name a company, which is kind of gross like this capitalistic viewpoint of a human being. And I'm sure yeah. we're just going to see more of that because we all are brands now. Oh, it's gross. Absolutely. But the only place handy. where it's acceptable is for like Zendaya. You're allowed. Have that year's your name. You don't even need a last name. Yeah, she doesn't do the last name thing, right? Right, right. I don't even know what her last name is. when she decided that. Yeah, I love it. She okay, can, you're I into love it. Her, everything about her. So, what is it that you love about Zendaya? Is this just the euphoria thing? Uh, no, I like that she just like does it. I don't know. She has like BDE. Yeah, that's for sure. And I'm I'm into it. Yeah, and she's I like very how she dresses. Mm-hmm. Very stylish. And I love her curly hair. She's like everywhere. You love everything about her. I know. Um, anyway, I just thought that was so fascinating and kind of disturbing, but like, let me ask you this, Sarah Rice, would you say that that's a unique name or sort of like, no, Dime a dime. Sarah was the number, Sarah was the number six name or something like that. The year I was born. You don't love that. Did no, you I ever think it might have actually mom? been higher than that. Did you ever say like, I, mom, why'd you name me that? Yeah, we had a conversation about names just when I was in Costa Rica, and we were talking about what she want. She was going to name me Daria <laughs> before the show. No. Yeah, that would have before been before the show. Where did she come mm-hmm. up with it? I don't know. There was another name that she had. Whitney was the big one because she loved. It was going to be Whitney Sarah because she loved that. There was a song. Oh gosh, can't remember what the song was, but she was just she. She played it for me a whole bunch. No, she did not. But yes, she was like, this is it. This is why I named you that. Blah, blah, blah. And we wow. Had this yeah. And it, it was a good song. It's a good song. So there's, there's some song about like, it's like perfect for like what for you're who saying you to are. a little baby inside of you. It's like, <laughs> I'll love you wherever, something like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think Susie suits me. I, I what? Uh, if you could be named anything else, what would you be named? Well, you are only Susie. I mean, you're like the perfect Susie. Susan, no. My God. Except when you're serious, and then it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, what else would you be named? When you I, pick, was there anything when you were little? Yeah, we Did talked you ever about not this. Like I liked the name Michaela. I really wanted that oh name. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it, Do you think that's a thing that little girls do now, or little boys, where... When you're playing pretend, I don't even know if they play pretend anymore. But when they, I hope so. If they play pretend, do you think that they not say with my imaginary name's... friends because those are gone? What do you mean gone? Remember we talked about that that like imaginary friends are like dying out. Kids don't have them as much. That part I did not remember. Oh my god, I didn't talk about that part because I thought we had already talked about it. Okay, I put a pin in that. I'm going to come back to that next episode because that's a, a, another thing. Maybe I just talked wow, about that. Wow, that in is depressing. Yeah, it's real sad. Okay, but back to that. Okay, but back if to they playing. play pretend, do you think they say like, "Okay, my name's going to be Michaela" or whatever? Or do you think that that's huh. a, that's the 80s and 90s? You know only? what? I bet it's different ages. Really? Because I would, I would. Wonder. I wonder if there's an age where you're recognizing that who you are, like your your identity and your sense of self, is being developed. That maybe your name is something where you're like uh, more like I'm. I have a baby, and I'm naming my baby this, like my baby doll. This, and that's so cute. And that would be Michaela instead of like I'm going to be Michaela. Yeah, right. If it's at an age where identity, it, where it's like, no, I'm Sarah. And this, you know how bo- it's like, I'm a boy, you're a girl, those kind of things. Like, yes, exploration. The, when yeah. we were skiing, the little girl that came with us, Sabine, she has a baby, she loves baby dolls and she 
has a baby doll and she named it Susie. Oh, God. I feel so, so honored. Yes, you should. That's like, that's like. High praise. High praise. She I basically know. just, you're the baby's namesake. I mean. <laughs> Any hoodles. Are you its godparent? I mean, you might have responsibilities. If you, are you one of those people that if you were to have children, you already know what their names would be? Well, just Anyone? girl. Just girl. It's Eleanor, after yeah. my grandma, yeah. Ellie. Yeah. Or Ella, or some form of that. Mm-hmm. But not the boy. You're like, who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? We shouldn't even give him a yeah. name. He doesn't no, deserve I, it. No, ba- boy would probably be Grayson. Oh, yeah. Jordan's middle name. Yeah. Oh, that's Jordan's middle name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, names are important. People think about it Gray a lot. Gray is a cool name for a guy. Yeah. I know that a lot of parents now immediately get the social media handles and the emails as soon as they choose the name. Wow. Um, I did not do that, but a lot of people do. And maybe yeah. that's wise. Who, what do I know? Maybe that is. Um, so you don't have to be Sarah Tuesday Sacrifice 13. <laughs> is that your first email? No, no. <laughs> what was your first email? Rip Curl Girl Shut. 3979. Shut up. I'm At so glad. AOL.com. Rip Curl Girl mm-hmm. 3979. That's right. What the fuck is that number about? The last four digits of my phone number. Oh, no. Yes. Stop. Yes. Were you I will a not surfer stop. at that time? I, I sure as fuck wanted to be. Yes, I was a little bit. I was I was a poser. I was my as my brother says. He he said you don't didn't so much surf as some you had a flotation device in the water. But every now and then I would hop up on it and I'd do a little something. I could. That's I did, real cute. I wasn't like the surf club when I was in high school for a minute. Well, maybe you could take your little flotation device and dive into the old dipsy. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> By the yeah. way, before I launch surfboard, that, surfboard, <laughs> somebody messaged us and was like, and you guys. I want Sarah to read one of the sponsor things next time. So like <laughs> we have to plan it. I have to send it to you and you get to like insert do, it. Oh, you I'm already do, nervous. Yeah. I'm already nervous. <laughs> you ah! have to do the transition. And then you have to respond. Okay. But regardless of who's saying it, Dipsy's awesome. I was just thinking about Dipsy and how what a cool service it is because there aren't a lot of things that are really geared towards the needs of people like us who want right. maybe a sexy story or like yes. a soothing like erotica without yes. shame and like I mean weirdness. I just want my biggest sexual organ stimulated which is my brain. Oh, it's so deep. I know. Um, yes, Dipsy will do that for you. It is a really cool um, app that will maybe tell you a bedtime story or get your motor running or get you prepared to be with your partner. Maybe you want to wind down. Whatever you want, they got it for you. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash braincandy. That's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to dipsystories.com slash braincandy, DipsyStories.com slash Brain Kitty. Love a sexy time. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, Sarah, Rip Curl Girl, that's awesome. I know. Are you familiar with the latest sort of TikTok-y weirdness, uh, West Elm Caleb? No, Are you privy? I'm not. I have been, I've been off the TikTok train. Well, listen, I never got on the train, but I'm... I'm, What's happening? What's happening? What's just Caleb? like bonky. Oh my God, what? It began with, I think, one woman making a TikTok about this guy that she had met on, I think it was Tinder, but some dating app. And, she, you know, he made her a playlist and like she got real into him. And then he ghosted Don't her. Care. And his yeah. name on there was Caleb and he worked at West Elm as okay, like an entry level designer. Yeah. And then over time, more and more women kept making these videos saying, like, I matched with West Elm Caleb and he ghosted me too. And it became this sort of 
groundswell Oh, my God. I love this already. Okay. So people are getting real worked up and being like, what is wrong with him? Like... And they were kind of comparing notes. Like he sent me this message and then another one would be like, he sent the same thing to me. Why this are you is just proof already? that all women are, are weak to the power of a well-decorated apartment. <laughs> right? We just love nice furniture. That's it. We saw a couple pictures in the background that looked like you had a nicely organized apartment because you freaking work at West Elm. You design, and, and man, I, am, I also have fallen, fallen for the well well decorated apartment okay continue okay so it it grew and it grew and and then it became this sort of advocacy thing where people would be like if you're out and you see west elm caleb like give him the business or whatever and then it kind of got out of control and they were like doxing him and they were writing to west elm like oh for pete's sake right like Okay, he ghosted you, and maybe he wasn't very right. nice, or maybe he's a jerk yeah. or whatever, but, like, yeah. why are we trying to ruin his life? Right. This is a pile-on. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and it kind of—he had alluded to some of them that he wasn't, you know, doing well. And so when you're not doing well, you might be inclined to ghost yeah. people and maybe, like, yeah, play around on these apps for, yeah. for your own sake, well, whatever. Yep, 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 yep. External validation. And as these things go online— then there's the think pieces where people are like, here's what I think of West Elm Caleb. And this is just like a regular guy on a dating app that who is maybe isn't the awful. nicest. Yeah. Um, and so two, of the artic- two articles that I read, one was in the New York Times, and it was the title of it was, If Everything is Trauma, Nothing is Trauma. And it was exploring mm-hmm. this thing where people are now using therapy speak and jargon <sighs> Meant it. to designate yes. actual traumatic experiences. Correct. They're using them incorrectly or imprecisely at least. Yes. Yes. To describe maybe you got your feelings hurt or, right. you know, you had a bad day. Because right. they were using the phrase love bombing, that he would love bomb them, which originated with domestic violence, you know, domestic right. abuse. That is used in the context of a cycle. Yes. And it only makes sense in the context of that cycle. The other things are just being romantic. <laughs> right. But see, this is the thing. And in the article, it described it as, um, I think they called it semantic oh, creep or something that said how language sort of moves with fluidly. And yes. It's, it's not great. And it's so important, Susie. I mean, I am, I would say if I were my own client, I would be so annoyed with how often I interrupt and say, okay, let's think about that word you just said and how you used that because words matter, but there's a point to that. There's a reason because when we say to ourselves like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm traumatized by this, Yeah. but what we mean is... Hurt. I had an intense emotional response that then felt uncomfortable, and I don't know how to sit with that feeling. That's different. That there's like a file in our brain for every word that we have. We, you know, we are a collection of our experiences. We, you know, define things by our experiences with whatever and the connections we make with that. So if you go to your file cabinet in the brain. And you pull out the file for trauma and you open it up and it has like, uh, you know, PTSD and things that you've seen on and read about that are just like horrendous and things that we absolutely label as trauma. But then you're using that same word for when somebody ghosted you. Yeah. You're going to create, you're going to use the wrong file for that situation and be applying the wrong definition like your brain attack it it it, you can't do that yeah so it was saying like he was accused of love bombing them and then of course they they would use the term gaslighting which people misuse all the time all the time (sighs) It, it if someone lies to you it is not the same as gaslighting okay right and then they would refer to themselves as his victim which yeah, I think no. is related to how these are probably the same people that are very into true crime. And so they, like, you know, they internalize yes, this language. Yes, I can see this. 
And then it's the lang- yes, they called it like a shared trauma over this guy. No, uh, <laughs> I love how mad you are. I because it's just I can see it. What happens is the same as like it's the same as well, really like the flat earther people or anybody who, like that who hop on one idea and then they the thing they get more excited about is the attention and the feeling of connection and camaraderie and shared experience with these other women than whatever happened to the guy in the same way that the uh, uh you know feeling of connection and togetherness from people who have a shared belief however crazy it is becomes more important than the actual belief itself mm-hmm. right and so. I think at some point, maybe immediately, but definitely eventually, people kind of forget that this is an actual human being. Maybe he's not the kind of guy you want to marry or date, but like that doesn't right. mean we ought to get him fired and all right. that jazz. And it, and then it does, for me, overlap with the way that people can now sort of conflate real life with online mm-hmm. life. And Absolutely. they get very invested in like, even, do you notice with us, like people on the challenge, um, so-and-so doesn't follow this other cast right. member anymore. Like, or who the fuck cares? They, they become like these armchair detectives and they yes. like stir shit up and like, it's kind of weird. Yeah. And, and come to a crazy conclusions with very little actual information they do a lot of mind reading yeah and they start policing people's behavior and like it feels to me like um an evolution from like okay there were tabloids print tabloids Uh that actually had editors and you know even though they were garbage i mean they had writers and editors and stuff and then it went to tmz so it became like a little more democratized or democratized or whatever where like yeah it's of the people yeah and now it's just like social surveillance where yep we're all doing it and we're that all like is the, we're all the guards and the prisoners in this that's actually really terrifying because i feel like that's just a hop skip and a jump from like this constant like sur- the, surveilling like, somebody else. yeah yes. yeah this like Okay. And I think a lot of it is well-meaning. You know, I think we saw that with like the Gabby Petito phenomenon where people were like determined to solve this mystery. But in my opinion, they're doing more harm than good. Yeah, I agree. Like you can... Well, and also... Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I think sometimes maybe you... A person would be able to provide some sort of insight to investigators that might be valuable. But in general, your Googling is not going to be right. like the thing that solves Gabby's disappearance or whatever. And this isn't a crime that took place. This is not <laughs> anything like that. Let's get bring it back to like the reality of the situation is this is a bad date at best at, you know, like, or at worst, I guess at best, it's like a guy who has a lot of, um, insecurities and some social anxiety. And here's what I think about what this kind of feels like to me is, you know, in the same way there, it's not like a, a helicopter parents. It's like those steamroller parents who like clear the way and like take away all the problems. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Snowplow. We, snowplow. Yeah. We, I, I see it when you don't live in a, a, a snowy environment. You just, it's a steamroller steam because it's the only thing yeah. that I have. I had no further reference. things out of the way. I'm like, what's a snowplow? <laughs> um, uh, what's this thing in the back of my car that looks like a wind squeegee? Okay. Um, so uh, uh, I feel like this is a, a uh, um, what happens, I guess, a result or consequence of that I don't like any uncomfortable situations or anything that's that's uh, 
the only way that we can grow and the only way that we can, especially in relationships, and the only way that we can work on better communication or how to recognize red flags is to actually be in these situations and go through this stuff and have like a testing ground for it. So what these women are really saying is, oh, I wish I didn't have that experience where I learned how to recognize red flags or I learned about behaviors that I wouldn't like in somebody else. Yeah. This is a you thing, ladies. Mm-hmm. Like, what? I mean, I feel like... But do you think as a woman dating and on an app... And somebody who is ghosted. And someone who has experienced ghosting. Yeah. Can you see how maybe they are so fed up with whatever's going on? In the, I don't know because I'm not in that world. Is it? Is this a phenomenon where people, women have had it? And this is their way of feeling empowered no, or something? No, because I've ne- I haven't... No, because I haven't been... I mean, I, I, I don't feel any sort of empowerment comes from that. And I don't... I, I mean, I, I get together with my friends who are also single, and we talk about how like frustrated we are and how it's like, oh, God, I got to take a break for a bit, and this sucks. Okay. But we never look at it as like... there's anybody to blame for it or that it's yeah. if only there there wasn't West Elm Caleb on here then I would be okay. Right, then you would find true love. Then I'd find true love. No. Okay. It's like and I feel like anybody who has you know, you you've got to learn to have kind of good radar for this and think would you want to be with somebody who ghosted you? No. Mhm. What do you? What the fuck are you going on for on dates for? To learn who you don't want to be with, right? And like, find who you do want to. Yeah, be with. I say good. So you're riddance. upset that that one person didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Move on. I got a whole bunch of other ones who didn't too. <laughs> Maybe these gals need to sign up for better help and talk to somebody. There we go. And I think it is. They just need to vent a little bit and they also need to maybe work with the therapist on like what's within their control and what's not. Exactly. That's what you can do do on BetterHelp because it's licensed counselors who specialize in everything you can imagine that can help you deal with grief or stress or family relationships or whatever it is on your mind from the convenience of your own home or wherever you may be. I think that's a a good thing. Something we Much could all needed. use. Yeah. Everybody needs someone to talk to. Yeah. And so, the people who think that they don't need it the most. Isn't that the truth? In my experience. <laughs> right. It's how I say like all the wrong people have imposter syndrome. It's like all the mm-hmm. wrong people, you know, think mm-hmm. they don't need therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but we all do. That's the truth. And they want to make it easier for you. Um, it's affordable in-person therapy. If you, uh, excuse me, it's more affordable than in-person therapy because you can do it from wherever you are. And this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Brain Candy listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash brain candy. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash brain candy. Over 2 million people using it. That's, that's a lot of people. Yours, yours truly included in those. That's right. Love it. Because even a therapist needs a therapist. Oh, completely. I love talking to people about my problems. It's my favorite. <laughs> I can't just talk to Susie. <laughs> Come on. I only have an hour, two hours with her. Well, and I'm not very helpful because half the time yeah, I, I need more time on that. And I need, I need them to pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> Any hoodles. I don't know. I just, that was food for thought for me. So, yeah. Because uh, I see it all the time. Anytime someone says they went down a rabbit hole, which we all do, I mean, online, it can be real fun to like see what you can find about whatevs. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, mm, maybe don't do that. Okay. Definitely don't do that. Here's a fun fact. I just want Caleb to make a statement. I am curious about how he's doing. Thank God he's silent because if he weren't, it would yeah. it would become a thing, a bigger thing. Oh. Yes. Okay. Fun fact. Fun fact. Really don't have much to say about it besides I just learned through Adam that in England, 
They call uh-huh. it the hokey cokey. What? <laughs> and that's what it's all about. What? Why? Wait. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me you put your left foot in and then your right foot. <laughs> right. Why? Okay, first of all, to be fair, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Hokey cokey. I looked it up on Wikipedia and they were the originators, so we're the ones that are doing it wrong. <laughs> but- Sorry. But it also sounds like... Guys, I got I, I got a new drug dealer, and let me tell you, stuff I got, hokey cokey. <laughs> right? I was like, sounds cokey? like bad drugs. He started singing, and I'm like, what do you mean cokey? What are we doing here? Are we very are we doing a variation on hokey I'm pokey? Like, Excuse me, what did you just say? Stop. Yes, and so like, what? Number one, Sarah's mm-hmm. got a theory. Please, why would we have changed just one letter? Everything else is the same. Okay. Tell me why. What? Fucking A. Hokey pokey and you turn yourself. Like, were we offended <sighs> by the cokey? Oh. Does a cokey, is it a reference to the king? Oh. <laughs> and maybe we were like, screw that. Mm-hmm. We were like, you poke hey, that. Hey. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's super weird. I want it. I need to know. We have no, do we know? I mean, that's what it's all about, but but is it? Mm. Is that what it's all about? What is what is the what is Koki really about? If somebody has insight, please let me know because it is bothering me. Why in the world that would be the case? We would just I change one this. letter. There you go. Okay, I read. Well, now I want him to sing all children's songs and know. I'm like, what? It is enjoyable. Where did the itsy bitsy spider go up? It's so funny. Like even all these years later, there will be something that comes up like that. Um, with language where it's just a head scratcher. Yeah. Like, huh. So close, but so far away. Yeah. Nope, that's not it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very charming. So close, but so far away. That's cute. Okay. You do the hokey cokey and... The real question is, what is Lincoln going to sing? That's so true. That is so true. He has a lot of YouTubers that he watches that are also British, so that's been reinforcing some of the... I love this. Some of One of my favorite Lincoln moments was when he was about two years old. He was just learning to talk. Yeah. And he would, maybe he was a little older, maybe three. And, I don't know, whenever your kid was learning how to talk like this. And, and he would say water yeah. like Adam. Yeah. And we'd be like, oh my God, that's so cute. Yeah. So he, there was a day where he was standing right next to Adam. And you were like, hey, Link, say water like daddy. And he goes, ask him to say it. <laughs> He had enough of that party trick. Yeah, he looked. I was like, if that isn't Susie's kid, I don't know who is. He's right there, that dummy. He was like, yeah, that's exactly what he was like. He's right there. Ask him. Yeah. And 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 you were like, that's fair. It ran its course. I did say, say it how dad say it. And you were like, why didn't you ask me? Ask him. He's right there, dummy. I've been trying <laughs> to find the video of when he would do my, he would do an impersonation of me and Adam saying water because that was like. It was so short-lived, and I didn't appreciate it so enough cute. at the time. Right. Water. Water. So cute. Um, okay. I read this really cool article. Uh, did you ever have a Casio keyboard? Absolutely, I, I did. did. I knew it. I bet if you were to play the saw, like the first note, you know how they had the automatically yeah. program? Oh, it's so good. I'm getting all the feels just thinking about it. <laughs> that you could play the first part, like note of it, and I would know the rest. Right. Because they're just like, like ingrained in our psyche yes. now. If you had yep. one or if you were around oh one, God. we all know them. And there yes. was this article... And it was talking to this lady who worked at Casio right out of college. And Casio is a a Chinese or Asian company. And she's an Asian woman. And um, she created one of those backbeats that you're describing. Yes. And the one that she made was, it was supposed to be a rock backbeat. I don't think that's the right word for backbeat, but whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, that's what I would call it, but she had gone to music school and she was the only person in her, in her school who was studying reggae. Every, all the other students were studying classical. Music. I know the exact one. <laughs> it's a very, apparently a very famous one. 
And she created this rock beat, but apparently had subliminally been influenced uh-huh. by her reggae um, education. Yes. And it became a huge hit in the Caribbean. And the reggae community totally embraced it and started using it in like actual songs. And Casio had never trademarked or licensed or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so anybody could use it for free and that was fine with them and they thought it was good for the company. And so it started getting played on actual reggae hits and it's just this cute little Asian lady <laughs> that, that wrote this very this popular story. reggae track. And, Hell um, yeah. I just loved it because I love that they were celebrating oh. her contribution. I'm going down a rabbit hole of <laughs> listening her. to Casio tones <laughs> yeah. and right? they beats. Were, there were some bangers. They were bangers. Yeah. And it was cool because it did describe the limitations they had because they... The way that these things were created, the technology was limited back then. And so they, they could only write two bars of music and it had like certain limitations in terms of like what the notes could be and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you really had to get creative. And so she did a great job and they didn't make a big fuss about it at Casio, but she said like every time she would read about one of her songs in like a music magazine, like a trade magazine. She felt this swell of pride. Of course. How cool I is love that? that? And she said it was like I mean, one of her greatest accomplishments besides having her children. Isn't that cute? I love it. Yes. So well, now I want a Casio keyboard. <laughs> One twenty nine. That's I've spent more on less. Her name is Akuda Hiroko. And uh, we salute Akuda you. kind of sounds like acoustic, which kind of sounds musical. Yeah, maybe that. that was her destiny. Yes. So I salute her. I love things like that. Too. Badass bitch of the week right there. Yeah. And uh, I love a humble um, person. That's excellent. Yeah. Really cool. I can't wait to listen to those jams. Yeah. Did you like Just try like- to write songs with those? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Please. You're talking about somebody who like serenades Bo with like songs in the ukulele on the daily. Of course I. <laughs> like, well, God bless her. I mean, that's really cool. Until my brother told me I was tone deaf and then I stopped singing forever until recently. Oh, yeah. But he really ruined that for you. Yeah. Yeah. We're fine now. <laughs> you buried the hatchet. He still sounds, he still stands by, well, you don't know how to sing. And Why it's only because he he's that? an amazing singer. He's so good. Oh, he is. But then he won't sing out loud so people can hear because he gets embarrassed. I think you guys all need better help, like as a group. Like, can you do? I, I don't know so, if they so, offer. Of course. And yes, they do offer family sessions. Do they? I didn't even know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I did a couple sessions before. I wanted with to. Somebody who ghosted me. So. <laughs> I want. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I wanted to ask you your opinion about the forthcoming, maybe it's out by now, um, Pam and Tommy series that they're creating. Yeah. I want to watch it. Tell me why. What interests you about it? Because... I was too young at the time. I, it was right. It was in the dawn of my yeah sexuality. Yeah, were you into her age. or him? 
Um, I was into the, I, they seemed like, like something so rock and roll and so like taboo. It seemed exciting and fun, but so out of my world and outside of my, it was like, wow, that's real grown up stuff. And, uh, Tommy Lee used to and Pamela Anderson used to shop at the mall where in the town I grew up no. in because they lived in Malibu Come on. and the Thousand Oaks the Teal Mall for a guaranteed you can find like type in Thousand Oaks Mall and uh Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson because that's where they there they would go um you saw them the at Oaks the mall. mall this is getting ridiculous T- Tommy, like it's not Lee, enough that you babysat for Anakin Pamela. Skywalker or whatever his name. Because this is where everybody, everybody would hang out. You had such a glamorous upbringing. No, it was just it was where it's not. It's just I lived right next to. I lived right next to. Yeah, he would like. There was like an. I remember there was a tabloid picture of him opening the door at the mall, and I was like, "Oh, that's, that's my that's mall. The, that's the Oaks Mall." That is. So I weird. never personally saw him, but yes, he would go to shop there. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, come on, Amanda Bynes is getting arrested at the <laughs> at the liquor store for like public in, intoxication. Mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker, right down the street. Yep. Right down the street. Jesus, Louises. Yeah. I don't know, man. That I can't even conceive of that kind of glamour in my it's childhood. Not, it's weird because it's like not glamorous as much because as it's it is your just life, like where though. people lived. <laughs> like it's just like their 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 grocery store backyard. Ge- geographies is like like you know you probably you. You lived in the home of a Pittsburgh Steeler who had a golden toilet. <laughs> that seems like a lie. That's I true. Can't under- mean I Joe can't Green, baby. That. I mean, right. I do love that story. So you probably saw more football players and more like Pittsburgh people <laughs> and like Mr. Rogers stuff. Yeah, that is cool. So it's just where you live. <sighs> okay. Well, in this case, for our purposes today, yes. like they're, they've, they're making this series you know, yes. based on the relationship of Pam and Tommy and it's billed as the greatest love story or something like that. But it's exploring and retelling the situation with the stolen sex tape. Yeah. And it uses that incident as a way to analyze the shift that happened from then till now <sighs> with the commodification and the digitization of commerce and celebrity and privacy and yes. and revenge porn sex tapes that was like the first celebrity that was sex the tape. first one and okay so those things are fascinating to me i love something yes. that can provide a lens to better understand the ways that culture have changed my problem with it and that oh. the situation was really um just it was explored really well in this Atlantic article by, I think, Sophie Gilbert is the um, journalist. And she was talking about how Pam did not want this series right. to happen. And oh. the director claims that this the goal of the series is to retell what happened to show like how what really went on and who was what was at stake and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. how how can we argue that it's like oh meant to illuminate and and kind of provide justice when the center centered person doesn't want it to be retold? It's Agreed. almost like re-victimizing her because yes, that it is. that sex tape was stolen from their house. This wasn't yes. something. If you're not familiar, like they never said it was okay. It was literally burgled from their yeah. house and then sold. And then went out all over the internet without their consent. Not okay. Not okay. And so Ugh, that is a awful. problem for me. Big problem. And the the journal the writer of that article said that like what Pamela Anderson wants for herself has always mattered less than the desire she incites in other people. <gasps> right? And that's a problem just because you see her, not you, but 
collect right. society sees yes. her as a sex object, an object, doesn't yes. mean she is one. Right. And that, right. you know, we are continuing to cause the harm that this oh. director says he's trying to I don't like that undo. at all. I don't like it either. Yeah. Well, now I feel good that I haven't watched it because maybe I'll protest and I won't watch it. Well, it's really... Conf- I have, I'm conflicted about it because I do yeah. want to hear the story. I think it's Same. a fascinating cultural moment. Yeah. But the lady says she doesn't want it to be done. Right. And then it feels like it's... Why do they even get to do that? Right. Like, well, how do they get the rights to that story? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's considered public yeah. intellectual property because Isn't that it's awful? just celebrity it's culture. Like all- Oh, that would be awful. And you've got kids that you want to... No, no, no. Yeah. But I do think that the broader idea of, like, how everything went online faster than we could regulate it. Yeah. And how there were people that were victims of that. And revenge porn. Because it really was revenge porn because the guy that stole it was mad at them about some sort of dispute with, like, he was a contractor on a job at their house. Okay. Oh, my God. So he was mad, and it was on purpose that he was, like... That guy should be... Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Like, like if in he... In prison or something. Maybe he Get, did. At least, like, serve some time. Something like that. Revenge porn is, like... Oh, I think that's so awful. Have you ever seen the video? No. Me neither. Yeah. But I don't like to... Like, if somebody doesn't want something seen, I really like to respect... I don't like... There's... I don't have any voyeuristic, like... None. I think a lot of that comes from feeling like... So, I was so exposed, like, on camera for so long. I always have this feeling and this fear that I'm being videotaped or watched or something like that. Really? So, I'm real. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't shake it. Like, you know... Like, right now? I'm, like, going on dates. I'm, like... Not, like, all the time. But, like, if I'm going on a date to somebody's house, like, if I'm, like, you know, it's gotten to the point where, like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll come over. I'm nervous. Like, I'm thinking, (gasps) is there a video camera? Wow. I can see why. Yeah. And then you date tech guys and you really start thinking that. And do you just, like, hope for the best or do you actually say something? I mean, what the fuck you're supposed... No, I don't, because that may, it makes me sound crazy, I think, but I haven't. But why wouldn't I have that feeling? That is a good point. Dang. Okay. I know. Right. Well, cause one of those do you things, think that like, that'd be more likely? Wait, what What can you buy? Like, it's, I don't know, are there those little, like, detectors that, like, see if the room is bugged and you can, like, scan the room? I if hope there so. is, I want to. I'd like to put that on my birthday wish Amazon list. Amazon wish list, or what? <laughs> oh, not Amazon. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so do you think that because you're somewhat of a public figure, that that would be more likely to happen, or less no. likely, or the same? Oh, same. Oh wow. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, and I dated a guy who worked for Homeland Security, and I he, I was dating him while I moved into a new place, and he was like. So did you check the house for bugs? And I was like, funny you say that. I saw like a palmetto bug or like, I have to talk about actual bugs. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. He was like, "Uh, honey, I'm not talking about those bugs. I'm talking about cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, well, so did he say how to check? I mean, he's like, you can get one of those machine things, one of those little detectors that's like, yeah, I know, right? Okay. Makes me want to take one to every hotel room. It's like. Mm-hmm. Dang. I don't know. Right? All right. Well, there you go. Good to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just going to leave you with that. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Are you interested um, or will you see the new Jackass movie? 
I probably will see it. Tell me about your relationship to Jackass. I <laughs> think it is so funny. You're into it. I, w- I will say it is funny. Um, I do think Johnny Knoxville is, is a smart guy. Definitely. Like, I think he's a genius. I think he's really... And he's also really freaking cute. Very handsome. I, I have a thing for Johnny Knoxville. I can't help it. Yeah, he has However, real sex appeal. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. Mm-hmm. And that movie, I watch... I like Jack, I don't, did I see number? I, I've seen all of them, I'm sure. But there's a lot of that movie that I have to watch through my fingers because people inflicting pain on themselves is, it's visceral. I, I could, I, I can remember now, one of the most painful experiences of my life is watching, the, uh, sitting in the theater and watching the men of Jackass give themselves paper cuts in the webbing of their finger and the... That is, there. that is sick. Sick. I was like, I can't. To the, <laughs> ah! reaction. You know, it's funny because you have it about Frog. physical stuff. I yeah. actually oh. get that reaction watching Curb Your Enthusiasm when he does something cringy. Like mine's more about like emotional and mental yes. stuff where I'm like, don't do it. Don't say <laughs> it. Don't do that. So we get the but, same feeling. I have oh. never really been like a huge Jackass fan or anything, but mm-hmm. you know, I was on MTV at the same time, so of course I saw some of it. Yeah. But there was a great article. I wish I could remember the outlet, but it was about it the title was Jackass Made Me the Trans Woman That I Am. Oh, and it yeah. was really interesting to hear the point of view of a trans woman who said that when she grew up watching it, she really appreciated that they turned you know how at that time the phrase no homo was so popular Mm -hmm. like where men would use it as a way of saying Mm -hmm. like i have affection for you but don't get don't get it twisted like i'm not gay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she said that they turned it on its head because they were so homoerotic they were always Mm -hmm. like wearing thongs and like they were gayest show on tv yeah and they were they became gay icons and they were forced the name of the production company is dick house production yeah (laughs) yes and that they sort of forced straight white male american teenagers and young adults to like engage with gay content totally and maybe even unbeknownst to them yes i totally agreed I love it. And it just made her comfortable with this like fluidity between the way she was born and then the way she identified and ultimately transitioned. And I was like, boy, I did not see that coming. I did not mm-hmm. know this article would be something that I would read. And- it's, it is surprising how it, that like, I've read a couple of the, the takes on how it was really great for gay culture to have that show because it did that. It pushed it and made people more comfortable with it because i guess i always thought of it in you know sort of <laughs> basic terms like just dick jokes and but apparently yeah. there's a whole group of people that saw it for like almost high art i, I, Who knew? I, I might be one of these people in a weird way <laughs> that's right yes just own it man i see the comedic genius of it i see the, and I read a, a funny tweet. There's this comedian I follow. Oh, gosh, I can't remember her name. Oh, I wish I could. Um, but she said, you know, jackass is, is just proof that I'll never write a joke funnier than somebody getting hit on the head with a, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yep, you're right. That, that we like the physical It's a universal. Is, it's a universal thing. Yeah. And they do, they like, oh, come on. The one where he sticks... A toy car up his butt and then goes to the doctor's office to say, like, I've been, it's been Stop. really uncomfortable back there. Like, yeah, I had a wild night and like, you know, and then he got x-rays and everything. And the doctor has to like tell him like, okay, I hate to break this to you, but Shut you've up. got, you've got a Who Hot was it, Johnny? No, it was, um, uh, <sighs> Chris Pontius. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Chris. And it is, 
Pontius. Pontius. I'm pretty. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's who did it. And it is. It was funny. Yes, I'm into it. Okay. I can't help it. Let's wind it down. Let's wind it down. Let's do it. I mean, we talked about. We talked about a lot. Skiing, oh, baby sure names. Did. You know, man, so much. Daria. <laughs> oh my gosh, Susan. Susan. And then um, Susie was not allowed. No, we we talked about West Ham. Caleb. Oh gosh. Hope he's okay. Ridiculous. And how people are just like, you know, using this terminology, this mental health terminology. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't love it either. I think I feel the same way about that as when people say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so OCD." No, right. Okay. Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not. Mm-hmm. Right. If anything that is an obsessive compulsive behavior or, yeah, ten- right. or tendency, you or don't have the D. You don't have the D. And then we learned about the hokey cokey, which I think we can all agree our minds are blown. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> the Casio keyboard, uh, badass bitch. Oh, right. Thank you for reminding me. I need to go listen to those tunes. <laughs> Right? Jam out on the Casio. And then Pam and Tommy, I don't know how we feel about it. We'll yeah. have to think Question about mark. that. Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. But any hoodles, um, if you want to watch this, you can watch it on patreon.com slash brain candy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five star review because it's Have so you left nice. us a five star review? You should though, please do. Come on now. Take some Even just if it's been this little, take two seconds. Just a minute. Yeah, I think maybe I was one of our second reviews on there. I was like, I gotta review my own this show. This show Hang is on. great. I think our third was my mother. So if anybody else would like to review, please do that. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.